Hello. 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 Okay. I can hear you. teaspoons and welcome to the fork and spoon podcast there is going to be a lot of change in this episode episode nine um for one i'm riding solo but i'm not going to be actually riding solo i'm going to have lots of little guests on for you during the episode also because it is just me it's going to be a complete and utter geek out I'm going to be reviewing a lot of movies, I'm going to be talking about a lot of TV shows, and a lot of theatre as well. So stay tuned for Keith solo episode of the Fork and Spoon podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fork and Spoon podcast, and now it is time for Letters. So I do have a couple of letters for you this week. Um, I've chosen some letters that deal with more um, people looking for suggestions from us or from me. So um, this week it's about suggestions. So here is our first letter. And this is from Jack from Thurrock. Okay, dear Fork and Spoon. Hello. Um, Now that Endgame has been released and the last episode of Game of Thrones is about to air... I am looking for new TV shows or movie franchises to get my teeth into. Any suggestions? I particularly like thrillers and crime serials. Okay, crime serials. Oh, my word. Like killer cornflakes. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's loads that I really like. Um, It is a shame that Game of Thrones is ending. It's going to leave a huge gap in all of our lives. But, um, yeah, suggestions for me. I would say if you like crime thrillers, but you like them with a little bit of a dark twist and you like something surreal, I would say go back and watch the entire series of Twin Peaks. Now, Twin Peaks is up there in my top three favourite TV shows of all time. Um, I even have a tattoo on my arm, which is a reflection of um, something from Twin Peaks. Um, I'll put a picture on Instagram for you. Um, Yes, so Twin Peaks is a murder mystery written and directed by David Lynch and Mark Frost. Uh, The original series came out in the late 80s and went through to the early 90s. There's two seasons there. And then two years ago, they resurrected the series as a continuation with a limited event series, um, Twin Peaks The Return. Um, I would say watch it from the beginning to right to the very end. It's so rewarding. David Lynch is my favourite film director. He's an absolute genius. Um, And if you watch Twin Peaks, you will see that a lot of TV shows that have come after that, um, you will see echoes of Twin Peaks in a lot of them. Twin Peaks really... I think without Twin Peaks, there wouldn't have been shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There wouldn't have been shows like Lost. There wouldn't have been shows like Penny Dreadful, for example. So I think that uh, Twin Peaks gave birth to that genre and really showed people what could be done on television. So Twin Peaks is a definite. Uh, the Leftovers, which again is in my definitely in my top five favourite TV shows of all time. Um, again, another mystery series starring Justin Theroux. 
um, directed by the director from Lost and the upcoming Watchmen series, which I'll be talking about later. So, yes, definitely those two series I would suggest. Film franchises, I mean, what can you watch that could beat Marvel? It's quite difficult. And you've probably seen them already. Um, Star Wars, you've got Jurassic Park, you've got the Alien franchise. So it's very difficult to suggest a movie franchise. What I would say, and we're going to talk about this later as well, um, try out the the um, John Wick films because they are very interesting. If you like action films, um, that's probably your best bet. Um, and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is also another film franchise which is quite interesting. If you like crime thrillers, then the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo saga is a good bet too. Thank you, Jack from Farrock. Now, moving on, next letter. Uh, Dear Fork and Spoon, bonjour. Um, after listening to your interview with Bonnie Langford, I decided to seek out some audiobooks from Big Finish Productions. Good, good idea. Um, the library is vast and I have no idea where to start. Do you have any suggestions? Okay, so Big Finish is a audio company that have produced audio, full cast audio dramas from series such as Doctor Who, Torchwood, um, Survivors, um, Dark Shadows. Oh, the, the library goes on and on and on. They've done loads of spin-offs of Doctor Who as well, um, involving a lot of the new series characters. So David Jacobi plays the master in one of the spin-off series um, from Big Finish. Um, where to start? I mean, start at the beginning. If you like Doctor Who, and you can start right back at the beginning with the very first release, The Sirens of Time, which is a multi-Doctor story. That's always good. Um, I would say stick with your favourite Doctor and then just start at the beginning with them and then work your way through. I really enjoy Colin Baker on the Big Finish Productions, paired with Bonnie Langford, which is great. Um, if you His Doctor didn't do so well on the television, but his audio incarnation is fantastic. I love Sylvester McCoy. Um, Paul McGann is incredible. Um, so, yeah, if you like um doctor who then there's a lot you can dip into i would say um if you want something which is a not not so clear cut if you want a story which could go anywhere that you're not expecting i would say go with the paul mcgann stories start from the very beginning with storm warning because um big finish basically reinvented that doctor because he only had the tv movie so after that they could do anything with him and they do and there is a lot of original companions that he has and they take his doctor in a completely different direction so that's what i would suggest and if you like tv shows like dark shadows or survivors then always start from the beginning because there's a lot of story threads that go through um, with big finish that um, are very rewarding if you've listened to everything thank you very much and that's from jason uh oh no you didn't put where you're from but thank you jason i hope that helps <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Fork and Spoon podcast. This is Reviews with me. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I have seen a lot of movies this week. I have been in the cinema. I have been watching things on DVD. Um, just so I can bring you all the best reviews of the movies this week. Um, I will be reviewing Long Shot. I will be reviewing, and this has to be the longest title of a movie ever, Extremely Wicked shockingly evil and vile which is starring zach efron where he plays the uh serial killer ted bundy 
Um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to be reviewing all of this for you. And let's start with Longshot. So Longshot stars um, Cherie Theron, whose name I can never pronounce, um, as a Secretary of State in the States. Um, she is trying to run for president and her childhood friend, played by Seth Rogen, is a journalist and he loses his job. Now, Cherise Theron's character, the problem is that even though people like her style and she has quite high approval ratings, people don't think she's very funny. So she hires Seth Rogen's character to write um, some speeches for her to make her a little bit you know, more amusing for the voters. And they end up, you know, forming quite a nice relationship. They um, obviously are attracted to each other. They know each other from old. And there was an incident that happened, which was very funny when they were both at high school. Uh, but I won't give that away because I don't want you to spoil the um, the laugh. But yeah, um, and they form a very good relationship. The two actors... Um, relationship in the film is incredible. They have such a good rapport with each other. They bounce off each other. Sharice Theron for me was the biggest shock because I've only ever seen her do straight drama before. She's also been in a few action movies um, of late and it's nice to see that she has a really good sense for comedy. Um, the best thing about her is that she plays it completely straight you know, and that's where um, a lot of the comedy comes from. The fact that she's playing it for real. She's not playing it for laughs. She is a very career-driven politician who just finds herself in these very funny, ridiculous situations. And Seth Rogen is obviously the opposite. He plays it for laughs all the way through, which, um, you know, it passes the 10 laugh test for me. I was laughing from literally when the film started to when it ends. And I love the way that the story went. And there are some sort of gross out moments as well. Some moments that you would normally find in comedies like there's something about Mary. Um, there's moments like that that are a bit like, ew, American Pie moments. Um, but all in all, it's a really funny, well-structured comedy with two very strong central performances. And I loved it. I think it's probably the funniest film I've seen in the cinema this year. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be one of those cult classics that everyone goes to, like Bridesmaids. So I'm giving Longshot a very respectable eight teaspoons out of ten. But how does that work with you? Do you like, do you like date? Uh, yeah, I date. Generally, you know, with people who have similar lifestyles to me, people who travel a lot. It's hard to keep those things alive. I'm, I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah. And honestly, guys don't really want to date women who are more powerful than them. They think they do, but it's a Dick Shriveler. Oof. Mm -hmm. Dick Shriveler is my favorite Batman villain, though, so... So I'm just going to take a minute to talk about John Wick. So if you are a John Wick fan, you will know that John Wick will be returning at the end of the month for John Wick 3. Um, I've recently just blitzed the first two movies again, um, just so that I could catch up on the storyline. And I'm still so impressed with these movies. 
They are fantastic action movies. Visual style is incredible and Keanu Reeves is just an icon now as John Wick. The first two films, I think, are probably the best action movies of the 21st century so far. They are this generation's Die Hard, um, but with obviously a lot more special effects and more action. Um, I would say that they are on par with the Raid movies, the Korean movies, as um, sort of fast, adrenaline fueled action, which I really, really enjoy. And I'm very excited to see where they go with the story. If you know John Wick, what happened at the end of chapter two, he is now on the run with a bounty on his head and everybody's out to kill him. And it is definitely left on one of the best cliffhangers in movie history. So I'm very excited to see what happens in chapter three. If you haven't watched the John Wick movies, get out there, seek them out, watch them and then get in touch with me about what you think about John Wick 3. Very excited. Hello, welcome back to the Geek Special with me, Keith, riding solo. Right, next up is going to be my review of Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Okay, so let me just say, first off, that if you are a Zac Efron fan, then just... Watch the trailer for this movie before you go and see it. Because you might be used to Zac Efron dancing around in a high school to music. This is not that kind of movie. Okay? It's not The Greatest Showman. It's shocking. It's extremely wicked. Shockingly evil and vile. Um, There are some things in this movie that are quite disturbing. Because it's based on a true story. The serial killer Ted Bundy and his murders of quite a few women in the 60s and 70s Um, and it deals with a relationship between Ted Bundy and his girlfriend at the time. Um, Yes, so I found the movie very very interesting from its perspective because they actually play it with a little bit of compassion for Ted Bundy even though we know what he did if you didn't know about the Ted Bundy murders you would almost think that the film plays out like an innocent man being accused of something he didn't do which is obviously not true Um, it's only until the very very end of the film that you are sort of brought back to the realization that he did commit these crimes Um, Zac Efron's central performance I would say is very good he plays the role so well. Ted Bundy was apparently a very charming person. A lot of people looked at him and thought, how could he have committed these terrible acts, which he did. Um, And, you know, he was a bit of a sort of sex icon in those days as well. At his trial, a lot of women turned up who would write to him in jail saying how they wanted to be with him and how they wanted to marry him. So it's a very strange, unusual situation. And Zac Efron nails the charm and the suave and the the boisterous character of Ted Bundy. Um, the film itself is quite well structured. It deals with the key points. It doesn't deal with the murders themselves very much. There isn't a lot of gore or, you know, 
threat. It's more a film about, you know, Ted Bundy's character and how he dealt with his court case, how he dealt with being incarcerated, pleading his guilt, even though we know that he did commit these horrible acts. And very good central performances. John Malkovich literally chews the scenery as the judge um, during the court case and delivers probably some of the best lines of the film. And yeah, here's a little clip for you. Why did she pick you out of lineup? My lawyer found out that the police showed him a picture beforehand. Twice. Of course I looked familiar. That's not even the worst part, Liz. What happened in Utah wasn't just dumb luck. The police already had my name. Someone gave it to them. That was a clip from Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Now, you're probably wondering why it's called that. That's the words of the judge when summing up in Ted Bundy's court case. Those are the words that he used against him. So, yeah, I'm going to give shockingly vile, evil, evil, shockingly wicked. Um, I'm going to give it um, seven teaspoons out of ten. Welcome back to reviews. So next on the list is High Life, starring Robert Patterson and Juliette Brunoche which is a name that I just love saying, Brunosh. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably one of the best films I've seen of the year so far. It even tops. Endgame for me. Um, it's visually stunning. It's confusing. It's fascinating. It's gorgeous. It's sexy. It's horrific. It's brilliant. It's scary in some places. So I, I don't want to spoil the plot for you because I feel like this is a film that you need to go into and know nothing about it. But here's the bare bones. It starts off on a spaceship with Robert Patterson and a baby. Now, the relationship between the baby and Robert Patterson is so cute. And the baby is very, very cute. Um, and as the story sort of develops you find out that there is a reason why he's on the ship there is a reason why he is on there alone with a baby um he wasn't on the ship alone to begin with let's put it like that um and i can honestly say i've never seen a film that has managed to transition the beauty of inside the inner space and the outer space. So inside the spaceship, they have a garden. They have plants growing everywhere. They have vegetables to like grow and support them and to feed them. They have these gorgeous sort of this gorgeous water filtration system that just looks absolutely stunning. Like how it the cinematography in it is beautiful. And then you have outside outer space which again looks dark and scary and endless and menacing. Um, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And it, there's so many themes within it. Um, the main theme is 
what's it mean to be a human being you know the human condition what is it about what are we striving for it deals with conception it deals with loss it deals with pretty much the whole range of human emotion it deals with the roles of men and women within society and all this is happening in the very small confined space of a spaceship Um, Robert Patterson's performance is revolutionary Uh, Juliette Brunoche I mean she was very brave to take on her role because she has a lot of scenes in that film which I don't think a lesser actress could have managed to perform and that's all I'm going to say once you've seen the film you'll know exactly what I mean Um, and yeah I cannot praise this movie enough I think it is one of those very brave movies that dare to try and tell us a story which is going to be uncomfortable and unsettling for us but needs to be told and um, the ending is probably going to be discussed for years to come Um, I would say it's probably this generation's Donnie Darko which is never a bad thing Um, and yeah here's a clip from High Life The odds are not in our favour but when my work is accomplished when perfection is achieved then what? Fly away? I know I look like a witch You're Foxy and you know it This mission can't turn our shame into some type of glory. I can't do this flying around no more. You lied to us. You knew it. The sensation moving backwards. Even though we're moving forwards. Getting further from what's getting nearer. There's nothing to fear. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, and that was a clip from the trailer of High Life. Um, gives you a bit of a feel about the theme and the genre that the film lives in. Um, I'm going to give High Life 10 teaspoons out of 10. Yes, it's a 10 from me. I don't think I'll see a film this year which is going to affect me as much as this film did it is on par with vox lux for me so get out there and find it it is out now as you can probably hear from my furry little friend pikachu the next film i will be reviewing is detective pikachu starring pikachu Let's see how many times I can say Pikachu in one sentence. Um, So this is the Pokemon movie based on a video game of the same name. Um, Pikachu is so cute. I mean, that Pikachu made this movie. It's so funny, dry witted, caffeine addicted Pikachu is just adorable. Uh, Plot wise of the film, um, it's interesting. It's a young lad who whose dad goes missing, um, presumed dead. And the boy teams up with Pikachu to try and solve the mystery of what happened to his father. Visually, this film is obviously very, very good. I mean, all the Pokemon are computer generated, but they fit into the world of human very, very easily. Um, The blending of both worlds is very, very clever. 
Uh, Bill Nye um, stars as one of the main characters of the movie. His performance is very understated and menacing. Um, what else can I say about it? It's not that deep. I mean, it's just a good riot. What I would say is definitely go and see the film in 3D. Um, it's the first 3D film I've seen in a very, very long time. And I'm glad I did because the visual style of the film definitely owns itself to 3D. Um, if you're not a fan of 3D, don't worry. You can still enjoy the film in its traditional 2D screenings. Um, yeah, and the film blends um, the Pokemon world and the human world together very, very well. Um, I wasn't distracted by the fact that there is so much CGI going on, which I normally am. Um, you could see that in some of the scenes, some of the Pokemon are actually um, real effects, not CGI, which I thought was really nice to add that in because, you know, I'm not a fan of too much CGI, but this was really, really good for me. Um, yeah, and plot wise, it's just, you know, a good yarn. And if you want to go and have a good time and you're a Pokemon fan and you play Pokemon Go, this film is going to be heaven for you. So um, most of my... Uh, key points for the positives are the fact that Pikachu is so goddamn cute. So I'm going to give it seven teaspoons just for Pikachu. And then I'm going to give it an extra one uh, teaspoon for the execution of the film and the story. So that gives Detective Pikachu eight teaspoons out of ten. Pika Pika. Pika Pika. Hello and welcome to the Fork and Spoon podcast. I am here on the Hammersmith and Central line <laughs> with a very good friend of mine, Jamie Barnard. Hello. Hello, Jamie. We have just come from the Lyric Theatre in Hammersmith to watch Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. How did you like it? Well, okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Um, I've seen it before, actually, in Liverpool. I think it was in 2009, the original version of it. Uh, I enjoyed it then, and I enjoyed it now. Uh, there's bits I've forgotten about. I'd also seen the film, and to be deadly honest with you, though, uh, I don't quite understand it. I don't really <laughs> know what happened in the end. So, so um, we'll try and give a spoiler-free review, yes. shall we? Okay, so it starts off with a lecture mm-hmm. for a, from a professor who is a professor of what was it paranormal activity I suppose along those lines yeah yeah and then he comes on and then he discusses three cases of um, ghost stories that he has encountered by interviewing three separate subjects and then as the stories play out and come to a conclusion you realise that the professor is more involved in these stories than than first thought right yeah yeah that makes sense um you make yeah. more sense of it than <laughs> watching it. I, know, I think I watching it, I just had my fingers in my ears the whole time. I did so. watch the film, I think, at the cinema, but I wasn't that impressed by it. But I think that the show is much better. Yeah, well, it's um, an experience, isn't it? It's how... I think what makes the show great is the um, soundscape. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Did you agree? Completely agree. What did you like about that? It's just the tension it builds throughout. There's some really beautiful moments with tension. Um... Like I said, it's all about the jump scare, isn't it? We know it's coming, but it's just when it comes and... Yeah. You know, and they, and the whole audience reacts. I think it's worse when everyone else in the audience screams. It just can't... That scares yes. you more than the actual show itself. There was a lot of nervous <laughs> giggling yeah, going yeah. on. I think that the tension in the show is great, especially in that first ghost story with the man in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Pretty much for the first sort of 
five minutes of that scene, nothing much happens. It's just him sitting in his little office. And then the the radio and watching pornography. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And this sort of low hum underneath, which is there to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, What else did you like about it? Simon Lipkin. Yields. Big fan of Simon Lipkin. Um, From back in the Avenue Q days in the West End. Judy Atherton. I believe they were in it together. Excellent. Um, He was very good. He's brilliant. He's a very, very good actor. Um, I saw him in Wind in the Willows as well, actually. Um... But did you know that the young lad in it, who is in the car, yeah. is actually related to Andy Nyman, who wrote it? Who wrote it? I don't know what the relation ah. is, but there's a relation there. His name is... Son or nephew or something. Yeah. Along um, yeah, he was very good. They were all great. The cast was great. Andy Nyman at the moment is playing the lead in Fiddle, Fiddle on, on the, the roof. roof. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, not yet. I haven't. Apparently it's very long. Yes. It's an epic. It's an epic film. It yes, sends me I love sleep. the film. I love the music. Yes. Very I good. will go and see it. Definitely go and see it. Um, what did you back to ghost stories back to ghost stories um, would you like to be in it because you are an actor would I like to be in it yeah uh, and if so which character would you play I'm not sure the clappy well, I can't even remember his name <laughs> clappy man zombie, zombie clappy man zombie clap clap <laughs> zombie clap clap uh, yeah I think you'd play, play a really good zombie I'm clap clap I'm just really good at jumping out of cart. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, also. Oh, we're off. Oh, we're off. Oh, Hang on, we're just pulling it. away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just laugh at zombie clap clap. Bye. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, it's, um, you know. It's just a great show, you know, like, even if you're not a theatre goer, just go and watch it and have a night of experience, you know. Yeah. Get scared, go Do you like scary love. movies? I do love scary movies, yeah. 100% love scary movies. There's, I haven't seen a good scary movie in a long, long time, actually, if I'm honest with you. What's your favourite scary movie? Oh, Scream. No, I wouldn't go <laughs> Scream. Maybe the original Halloween film yeah. or Child's Play. Actually, my favourite film is the 1986 Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And if I'm wrong... <laughs> On the uh, date, oh then goodness. I will be very embarrassed, but I believe it was 1986. Can we please just do a podcast with me and you talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Yes. Have you we're, seen it? Of course I've seen oh, it. Oh, it's brilliant. Dennis Hopper is a mental yes. case in that film. I think that's the best horror there is. <laughs> Maybe we could do a remake. Why not? Stand on the top of a car with a corpse as a well, shield. Well, there is a zombie <laughs> clappy man in that day, so you could be zombie yeah, clappy man. That's it, dream come true. You could probably make a career out of playing zombie clappy yeah, men. you could make a, yeah, a trilogy. A trilogy? Comic book? <laughs> zombie clappy man one. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm not even going to think of a title for no. it. No. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so you've got some exciting things coming up. Well... Are you allowed to say anything? Because I know, but I'm not going to say unless you let me. You can say it all you want, yeah. Um, no, you say, because this is your podcast. It's your podcast. Well, I'm it's just your... A guest. Ep- You're stuck with me. It's your, your time to shine. Uh, I am in an episode of Doctors. I know, Doctors. Yes. BBC. That's my first television job I'm as an so actor. Excited. Yeah, I've done a lot of theatre, and now making my way onto the silver screen at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> My nan will be watching. Yay! Sky Plus will be set. When can we see this episode? I'm not telling you. Okay. I refuse to tell you. Well, I already know. I'll just edit it <laughs> in at the end. <laughs> um, and then you've got some of your exciting things coming up, which I'm not going to yeah, say. Yeah, some things in the pipeline, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, I will announce them when they're confirmed. Yeah, send the, send the energy out to the universe for me. I'm doing it right now. 
on the through the uh, roof of this second line train. Shepherd's Bush. Absolutely, Shepherd's Bush. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love a Shepherd's Bush. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for coming to see Ghost Stories with me. Thank you. I will for never forget me. it. And do you know why I'll never forget it? Why? Because of the nail marks in my arm there you go. that you left me during one of the scarier moments of the show. You're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> And oh, one more thing we didn't mention about the smell of bleach in oh, the auditorium. Yeah. You turned around and said, can you smell that? I said, what are you farting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when a ghost appears, apparently you can smell bleach. And then when the ghost appeared, you could smell bleach. Mm. It's pretty self-explanatory, really. Can you fart, smell like bleach? Domestos. Are the bleaches available? Thank you, Jamie. Love you lot. I love you too. Take care now. Bye. Bye. Now... Obviously, I can't not talk about that coffee cup. I'm just going to get it out of the way. Um, in the latest episode of Game of Thrones, there was a oh, coffee cup placed in a scene which probably should not have been there. Well, I say probably should not have been there. It should not have been there. Uh, a lot of fans spotted it during the opening scenes of the celebration at Winterfell, sit- standing like... Right in front of Daenerys is a Starbucks coffee cup. Now, as we know from conspiracy theories, I think that that coffee cup was put there on purpose so that it got all those tweets and Starbucks probably made a lot of money and got a lot of promotion from that coffee cup being there. So I think that maybe Starbucks have, you know, a stake in Game of Thrones. Maybe they sponsored them somehow, but that's just my theory. You know, it might not be true. For legal reasons, I'm going to say it may not be true. Um, So, yeah, Game of Thrones, the latest episode. We only have two episodes left. Um, I've discussed this episode at length with a lot of friends of mine this week. And some of them aren't happy. Some of them aren't happy with the way the series is going in general. Some of them are saying that there are some scenes that are, you know, not very well written or are a little bit unbelievable But I'm not feeling that. I'm actually really enjoying it. And I really enjoyed this latest episode. Some people have called it boring. Some people have called it far-fetched. I just think that the story is what it is at the moment. But I think what they're doing is they're moving the chess pieces around the board. That's what the episode was to me. They're moving these chess pieces around the board, placing characters in different places, in different scenarios, ready for the big setup for the last two episodes. And they're going to be big ones. Um, Amelia Clark, who plays Daenerys, has already said that episode five of Game of Thrones is going to be even bigger than the Battle of Winterfell episode, um, episode three, which to me is baffling because that episode was probably the most expensive, biggest, bloodiest battle I've ever seen on television. So how are they going to top that? I don't know. But we're going to find out in a week's time. Um, we did lose some key characters. Uh, Miss Sunday died. She had her head chopped off by the mountain. Um, a lot of people aren't happy about that decision. But I think that it was the right decision to kill off a character close to Daenerys. Um, to sort of get her blood boiling. And maybe force her to make some emotional choices in the last two episodes. Rather than using her head, she's using her heart and wants revenge. I think that's an interesting way to go, especially with everything else she's having to deal with, with finding out that Jon Snow is her nephew and that they've been, um, how can I put it, without having to bleep it, bonking for quite a long time. Um, And then we have the death of the dragon. 
which literally came out of nowhere. I was so shocked. They um, used the sort of strong bows and killed um, the dragon. And there's only one dragon left. And it did shock me because it was just so out of the blue and so sort of matter of fact when they killed it off that, um, yeah, it was very upsetting for me. But the stage is now set for the big battle of King's Landing, which is coming in the next episode. So um, definitely listen to Geek Chic next week because I'm going to be talking about, which is probably going to be the biggest battle of Westeros. All you haters out there, just remember, it's a TV show. It can't make us all happy. Um, you know, it would be impossible to make everybody happy with the end result of Game of Thrones. But like anything in life, you know, it's somebody else's creativity and we've just got to sit back and enjoy it. So some very exciting news was announced earlier this week that after episode nine of Star Wars has been released in 2022, 2024 and 2026, there is going to be a whole new Star Wars trilogy. Now, it's not quite sure where this trilogy is coming from or what characters it's going to involve, but we do know that it's a possibility it could be created by the series creators of Game of Thrones. So that's David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. They could be creating a whole new Star Wars trilogy for us. Now, assuming that episode nine um, is the end of the Skywalker saga, um, it's going to be very interesting to see where they go next with Star Wars. And this new trilogy um, is very exciting. I hope that um, we get to explore more of the Star Wars universe with characters that we haven't seen before and create a whole new Star Wars legend for the next generation. Because at the end of the day, you know, us Star Wars fans want to see it go on for years and years to come and for the new generations to enjoy it. So may the force be with you. Hello. Hello indeed, Pennywise. So yes, yesterday they released the new trailer for It Chapter 2. So we're going to discuss that a little bit. I'm a very, very, very big Stephen King fan, as a lot of you know. And I really enjoyed the first It. I thought it was very well executed. It was probably as close to the book as it could be. Um, if you've read the book, you'll know there's a lot of scenes in there which would not be acceptable to put on film. But um, it was good. It was a very good adaption. And I'm very excited for chapter two. Now, the trailer starts with Beverly going back to her old house and an old lady now lives there. And she's talking to the old lady about being back in Derry. And the old lady says that her father came to America and got a job in a circus. And then Beverly goes over to a photograph on the wall and we see that the circus is Pennywise and her father looks exactly like Pennywise. So is this going to be an origin story of where Pennywise comes from or at least the body that Pennywise inhabits? Um, I hope so, because that would be a really neat little um, twist to the tale. 
Um, the trailer looks great. I mean, I love it, the book. I love the first film. I don't see how they could go wrong with this second one, um, except for the spider, of course. If you are a fan of the miniseries, you will know that the spider was absolutely terrible. So as long as they improve the effects and the narration going into that final battle with it, um, hopefully it will be a success. And, you know, how could it not be? The first film is now the highest grossing horror movie of all time. And um, it's overtaken The Exorcist. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what Pennywise has for us next. So another trailer release this week is the trailer for the new HBO series Watchmen based on the comic. Apparently it's a sequel to the comic. So if you've seen the original movie, it's going to be a sequel to that too. Um, It's made by the makers of Lost and The Leftovers, which is my favourite series ever, ever that's been on television. The Leftovers is just amazing. If you haven't seen it, hunt down that series, stick with it. Season two is probably the best season of television I've ever seen. Uh, Justin Theroux is in it and it's just incredible. The Leftovers is, oh, I cannot praise it enough, but I am very looking forward to um, Watchmen. The trailer looks very interesting. It's very good. If the previous shows that these this creative team have been involved in are anything to go by, then Watchmen is going to be a treat. So now it's time for a little section that I like to call Old School, where I go through my Blu-ray collection at random and point to a movie and talk about it. So I've done this already, and the movie that I pointed to was Time Crimes. Now, I can hear you all going, what? What is that? So Time Crimes is a Spanish horror movie slash mystery slash thriller about a man that one day is sitting in the garden, looks out and sees something like mysterious going on in the woods. So he decides to investigate, stumbles across a laboratory deep in the woods and gets sent back in time an hour. Now, I know what you're thinking. What on earth? This film is too complicated to give the full plot away and there are lots of twists in it. Um, All I will say is that it is definitely worth your time. It is one of the most funny, surreal, rewarding films you'll ever watch. Um, Even though it's billed as a horror film, there's not much horror in it. It's more suspense and absurdity that gets you through. Um, The main character, Hector, is you're just shouting the whole time at the screen. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? That is the wrong choice. And the film is so much more enjoyable because of those scenarios. So my throwback old school film of the week is Time Crimes. Let me know what you think. Hello and welcome back to the Fork and Spoon podcast. We are here talking about Line of Duty, the final episode which aired last Sunday. Now, I can't talk about this by myself, so I've roped in someone who's very close to me. In fact, there couldn't be anyone closer. What's your name and where do you come from? Hello, my name's Jane. And what relation are you to me? 
Happen to be your mum? Yeah, you're my mum. There you go. So I, I brought my mum in to uh, talk about the last episode of Line of Duty. Now, before we start, what did you think of the series as a whole? Oh, I love it. I love it. I really do. What do you love about it? The intrigue, the suspense, trying to work out who it is, etc., etc. It's good. Yes. So what did you think about the last episode? Were you disappointed that we didn't get to find out who H was? No, I wasn't disappointed because it means it'll lead on to another one. Um, yeah. I found the series really good. But the last episode, I just found the last sort of 10, 15 minutes was a bit rushed. Okay. So much information there very, very quickly. that They could have drip feed us more of that sort of earlier on in the episode. Okay, so you're talking about like the the revelation that the message that was given by that dying police officer wasn't H, it was in fact he was counting out four police officers that could be involved. Mm, yeah. Did you, did you, feel like that, you felt like that came out of nowhere? Yes, yes, it was a bit far-fetched really, um, but that's what it was. So we've watched a couple of episodes together. We have. And I get sort of gave the little suggestion that maybe the woman in purple might be a bit dodgy. It turns out she was. Did you guess that? You, as the episode went, the last episode went along, yes. It made it quite obvious that it could be her. But again, like I say, when they went and saw John Corbett's wife, and and all that they could have showed more about searching his room and finding stuff and and that it just always like too much at the end yeah john corbett's character sort of was written out quite quickly and not much he was sort of there just to set up the ted hastings storyline that's right yes yes do you think that um he could be um ted's son well, there is a possibility, because right at the very end, you saw him, didn't you, in the graveyard? Yes. To his widow, with the, yeah. with the probably the missing 50,000 in a package to give to her. Yeah, that's right. He was holding something, wasn't he? Yeah. So, um, obviously, Jed Mercurio, who, who writes the series, always sets us up these big questions. Like a couple of series ago, it was... It was who are the balaclava men? And then he yeah. didn't really answer that until this season, which is like two series later. Yeah. Do you think that the build-up to the whole H mystery, um, do you think that it was a good payoff in this series? Or do you think that next series that we're going to get all the answers? Well, it depends really, doesn't it? Whether or not how long they're going to, how many more series there's going to be. Yeah. If they plan just one, then obviously they'll answer who H is or... If there's going to be more, they'll put some more in, won't they? Um, sure. The way it finished, um, it's it's opened it up for the next series to be on a different level because you've got sure. the new policeman coming in, haven't you? From yes. the from the group. Um, and yeah. isn't he isn't he the one that actually killed John? Um. Did he? Yeah, actually, I think he was the one that cut his throat, wasn't he? He so, was actually the one that cut his throat, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, so he's a murderer. 
Yeah, so he's actually got in. I love the way that um, a lot of police uh, like organisations yeah. around the country tweeted a picture of that boy's passing out ceremony. Mm. Just to let you know that our, you know, vetting, you know, system is much more thorough than yes, this. Yes, I saw those. I thought that was really yes. clever. Um, what was your what was the shock of the season for you? What part of this season made you sit up and go, "Oh my goodness"? When John was killed, I think. Yeah. It was like really yeah, I... that soon because he was a huge was. character, and we were following yeah. we were following his story yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think after they killed him, it did go a little bit flat. Yeah, I agree. With it you, went actually. a little bit flat after that. Do you think there's still a possibility that Hastings is the fourth Could officer? Be. Especially when they, like we said, showed him at the graveyard with the 50,000 still. And they yeah. proved that it came from the gang, didn't they? So. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it still leaves a lot of questions unanswered, which will make people watch the next one. Which, like I said, will be on a, on a different le- level, wasn't it? Because Lisa, um, she uh, told her story and then ended up talking in schools and places like that. Will she be yeah. in it again? That's true. There was a lot of criticism about the under-usage of Lisa in the last episode. Would you like to see more yes. of her? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did think they underused her. She's such a good yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. So now that Line of Duty is over, <laughs> is there any series out there that you would like to recommend to people that have got a huge Line of Duty hole in their no, life? because I've got the hole as well. I've been <laughs> looking on there and, and all of a sudden, all the um, the dramas that have been on were all the other ones, um, like The Widow and The Bay and all those. It's just very flat at the moment there's nothing there nothing on no, for you i'm suffering oh well we'll have to wait till next year for season we six we definitely will so we're suffering as well now that end game has happened game of thrones finishes in two weeks time and line of duty is over we've got a hole in our lives too so don't worry you're not okay. the only one but i'm not a game of thrones fan so i'll probably move of one of those you're not a game of thrones fan that surprises me i'm one of those me. people that have <laughs> never watched it I'm in the minority. In the minority. Oh, well, never mind. You know, there's always time. I'll get you the box set <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, okay, Mum. welcome. Thank you very much. And I would, normally I say at this point that Line of Duty is on BBC One on Sunday, but no, it's not. No, Oh, Hugh, Hugo Dogs oh, found something. Yet. He's upset. Thank you. Someone at the front door. <laughs> All right. You're Thanks, welcome. Mum. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Oh, bless my mum. Thank you, Jane, for appearing on the Fork and Spoon podcast. I know it's not your usual environment, but thank you. And also thank you to Hugo for making a very quick appearance there at the end. He was probably just giving his review on the series itself. Um, Yeah, thanks. Hello. 
Just to remind you that on our Facebook page, there is a fundraiser going on for Only Cowards Carry, the charity in which the Fork and Spoon podcast is paired. So if you wouldn't mind just doing me a little favour and popping onto Facebook and just donating what you have. If we all donated 50 pence, then we would beat our target within a day. So if you could just give what you can, that would be amazing. We would be so grateful. So just pop onto our Facebook page and look for our fundraiser only cowards carry donate what you can and do your bit in raising education of knife crime in london and the uk thank you teaspoons so now it is time for podcast of the week every week we choose a different podcast to promote obviously normally it should be the fork and spoon podcast but we are not silly enough to not realize that there are other podcasts out there that are equally as good and this week i have chosen um with a link to our letter actually earlier on the big finish podcast so the big finish podcast is a podcast that is released i believe it's weekly from big finish the audio company that make audio dramas of a lot of different tv series um Nick Briggs, who presents it, is very well known. He is the voice of the Daleks on the TV. He's been in numerous dramas and TV shows, as well as a lot of theatre. And he has a lot of um, interviews with stars from TV shows. And the banter is usually very, very funny. So if you're interested in catching up on the latest releases from Big Finish... Or if you just want to get over and see what that company is all about, I would suggest that you just do a quick download of the Big Finish podcast and find out what's going on over at Big Finish Productions. Hello and welcome back to the Fork and Spoon podcast. Um, as it's my solo outing this week, I'm not going to be doing forking and spooning. Because any advice that I give, you know, if I'm doing it by myself, then, you know, I don't want to get blamed if it goes terribly wrong. So I'm not doing forking and spooning. But what I am going to be talking about is an initiative from the website Den of Geek. And it's called Geeks versus Loneliness. Now, we all feel lonely sometimes. And if we have interests, especially geek interests like movies and TV, sometimes we feel like there's no one out there to talk to them about. So Geeks vs Loneliness is an initiative from Den of Geek that allows people to communicate and talk about their interests with people and just, you know, let their inner geek out. And there's lots of advice on that website. There's loads of, you know, methods and aims that you can aspire to, to uh, get out and talk about your hobbies and your interests with other people. Um, I can't highly suggest it enough. So I would... Head over to Den of Geek, um, search it on Google, Geeks versus Loneliness, and check out what those guys are doing over there because it's a very worthy cause and it's very interesting. There you have it. That was my very first solo episode. And I'm not going to lie to you, I am exhausted. That was a lot of talking 
and I hope that you have enjoyed listening to me waffling on about this week's film reviews, TV reviews and lots, lots more. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. If you have any letters or if you want to communicate with us in any way, shape or form, then you can email us on forkandspoonpodcast at yahoo.com or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Um, Next week we will be celebrating number 10, the Big 10, episode 10. We are taking over Star Wars with the amount of episodes we would have released by now. And um, we're very excited about it. So if you have anything you want to say, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. And that is it. I am now taking a bow. I am taking a curtsy. Thank you very much for joining us on the Fork and Spoon podcast. Thank you.